Can I see them in the air? Would you raise your Bibles? Oh, the Word looks good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 17. Throughout the Bible we see the, the things that are needed in our life. We see things that have to be done in our life. We see these things and we know that there is battles that were in people's lives in this Old Testament and then even in the New Testament. I look and I see the battles that are in our lives today. And they are great. Before I say anything else, it's so good to have our visitors today. I kind of get a little ahead of myself when I know I'm fixing to preach. I, I got one thing on my mind. That's the reason I try to let everybody else handle preliminaries. Because, boy, I got one thing on my mind when I get to church, and that's preaching. And uh, if you didn't fill a visitor's card, I don't know how our, our ushers to make sure that they're at the back doors when we dismiss our service. And if you would fill a visitor's card out, we would appreciate that. I would have done that earlier, but I just forgot it. I'm 50 years old, so I have a right to start forgetting some. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've had a lot of battles in my life. The scripture I've been preaching from from the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, in verse 10, it says to be not afraid because God is with us. If we actually believe that the Word of God has been inspired to us by God, inspired man to write this Word for us, if we believe every jot, every tittle, if we believe that God's Word from the Greek and the Hebrew that has been translated to many different translations to where we can understand what Greek and Hebrew is and what was said in its original manuscripts, if we believe that God wrote this word for us and that it is a guideline for us to live in his righteousness for his name's sake if we believe that this word speaks to us and it is a guideline for us then we must be obedient to its word in other words, you don't take the word and interpret the word the way you want to interpret it, but the Bible says to study so that you may approve yourself unto God. Prove yourself to the Lord that you understand the word. A lot of times you take my word alone and that's not good enough. Sometimes you say it's our pastor and we trust him and that's not good enough. Until you get the Word of God inside you, you do not have good relationship with God. You can know all about God, but yet not have good relationship. I love my wife and my children, and the difference between good relationships and us just living together is our intimacy of communication. My daughter's home from Lee, and we sat down at the table last night and talked about 3 o'clock, 2.30 this morning talking about intimate things, about her relationship with mine, maybe some misunderstandings in life, and it really helped me and it helped her to just sit down and say, I've come to a place I need to talk to you about this and maybe some things in our lives and good understanding, small but could be great big things. When you do not learn to take your burdens to the Lord and leave them at the altar of God, 
You're going to tote those burdens yourself, and you are no match for your burdens. The Bible says that the burdens of the Lord is light. The Bible teaches us that the yoke of the Lord, which is the Word of God in training for us, is easy. If we will learn to submit ourselves unto the authority of truth, if we will learn to submit our flesh, and I've been preaching and teaching this, it seems like forever, but I just can't seem to get it across to you because I see many defeats in your life, and so I must keep trying to help you understand that the Word of the Lord in your heart keeps you from sinning against God. We have been taught through many different hyper-type faiths and preachers and teachers and people that you don't really, that God's not really looking at you in, in a way of judgment. Well, He's really not because He's already judged the whole picture. The Bible teaches us that sin is already judged. It's not a matter of Him judging you for every sin you do, the Bible teaches us that sin is condemned already. It is condemnation within itself of the word sin. When sin is applied to our life, we then become condemned and judged by God in His truth. We have to understand that. We have a tendency to listen to the devil, and the devil will tell us when we sin, God then is judging us. But we need to understand that sin was judged before we ever committed it. And God is simply trying to get us to understand that we are the ones that makes the decisions of what's going to take place in our life. We determine the altitude of our life. We determine the longevityness of our life. God actually has to change His mind by the way that we live. You say, oh, no preacher, God knows it all. Let me tell you something. The destiny for your life is one thing, and that's to go to heaven. The destiny for our life is that God says, I want you to live the life and trust me and believe me that the burdens you have on this earth here are laid upon my shoulder because I've already took the burdens to Calvary. I've already took the price and paid that price. The battles that are in your life are many, but understand God today. God says, bring those battles to me and I will fight them for you. We take too much upon ourselves as a believer and try to fight the devil within ourselves, and we're no match for the devil. But I'm here to tell you today that you'll make a decision today that if you're going to have victory this next week or if there'll be defeat in your life. Right now today, I believe through this message that you're going to make a decision. Am I going to be defeated this coming week or am I going to live victoriously in the blood of Jesus Christ? You are the one that will make that decision. Satan cannot make that decision for you. And God cannot make that decision for you. It is up to us as an individual to say today that you are Abba Father. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end of my life. You are the great judge Jehovah Jireh. You're the Nisi of my life. You're everything of my life. And I choose today to lift up the name of the Lord and to glorify and to magnify Him. And this next week, I'm going to have the greatest week I've ever had because I make my mind up today to serve the Lord and to let the Lord have the battles He said that was already His. If we let Him have them, they're already defeated through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are already washed in the blood of Jesus. If we will just let God have our sin, you see, the Lord is looking for you today to yield to Him to give to him that he's promised to give to us simple today we make it so hard because our flesh wants to override the spirit 
Let me say this one more time. On Wednesday evenings, if you're missing Wednesday evening services, you're missing something good that ties in with every message I preach. From the book of Psalms, chapter 23, where the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not be in want. When the Lord becomes the Lord of your life, when He becomes the shepherd of your life, you know what? You will not be in want because you're not wanting for anything except what He wants that He's promised He would already give to you. You need healing, He's already promised healing to you. Amen. You, you need finances, He said, I will give you finances if you do what's right. You see, we've got to have a confidence that God is everything. We've got to have a confidence that God is not a failure, that God cannot fail, but He gives us opportunity to fall. And He says, you do not have to fall, but I'm giving you opportunity to fall. Because you see, if God made us do something, if God made us live for Him, if God made us worship Him, then it wouldn't be a God. Because gods are to be worshipped. Gods are to be expounded upon. Gods are to be glorified. Gods are to be known and seen as the great number one. And that's why many people have different gods. That's why the Bible says in the Old Testament that we are not to have any other gods before us. And many people have the God of money. They have the God of pleasure. They have the God of treasure. They have the God of themselves. And God says, there shall not be any more gods before me. I am number one God. I am the only God. I have already given you life and given life eternal and all I'm trying to do is get you to change your mind that you want to serve me instead of serving the enemy. And when you live in sin, you make a choice to live in sin. And today God said to me, or this past week God said to me, He says, the greater the battle. Tell my people that the greater the battle that is in their life, understand something, that if you endure it, the greater the victory you're going to have in your life. Hallelujah. The greater adversity that comes to your life, the greater problems you have to your life, just look for it because God says there is a great victory just on the other side of this battle. If you let the Lord fight it for you, but if you go to fighting your battles for yourself, you're no match for the devil and you'll never make it through. But my God is real and He delivers and He delivers on time to those who believe and trust in Him. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Look in your Bibles here quickly. I'm going to read from the New International Version. I want to begin reading there with verse 38, but I want to go back over to verse 4 first of all. A champion named Goliath who was from, from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor, bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his neck. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield barrier went ahead of him, Goliath, and stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? I want to ask you that question today. When you become a child of God, why do you line up for battle? Goliath here was... And here's what happens in your life when you become a child of God. Satan then comes to you and tells you, why have you chose to serve God when you have been obedient in service to me? That's the way Satan talks to us. 
Oh, now you're a child of God, but do not forget the flesh is very strong. If we do not preach and teach and live and study according to the word of the Lord, that greater is the Lord who is in us than the devil that's in this world, we will submit to that word and that talk that Satan gives to us that why have you lined up for battle? I've heard people testify and get up and say, till I started coming to this church, I didn't have problems. I take that as a compliment. I really didn't have problems till I come here and I got a hold of God and all of a sudden hell breaks loose and, and man, it's up against me and I, I'm fighting like I've never fought before. I've never had the problems till I came to church here. I love it, praise God. I wish more testified to that effect and said, I've got problems because the devil is coming against me. Why should the devil try to take something he already possesses? Why should he aggravate you when you are already living for him? Let me tell you something. You're lining up for battle today. You're lining up in the Lord's army, praise God. And you say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And the devil says, come on, because that battle that you're lining up against is slew foot, it's the power forces from hell, it's three-pointed pitchfork with ears and horns on its head, and all we just see, all these kind of things as the spooky things of the devil when we'd understand something today that the Bible says that he is only... Only a creation of God. That's all He is. And we've made Him to be so powerful because He has exposed Himself and put to fear. You see, the devil is nothing but a ball of evil and fear. And that's where you begin to fall is when fear attacks your life. You line up for battle and the fear comes. Here comes a giant over nine feet tall. Saul and the army says, look out across the hills over here at the Philistine giants. I mean, it wasn't just Goliath that was big. All of his brothers and cousins and all that was with them was big in the land of the Philistines. I'm here to tell you something. When you begin to stand and line up yourself in battle for the kingdom of God, you don't look and see how big the problem is. You look and see how big your heavenly Father is. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't look and see if the problem is great. You look and say, hey, it really doesn't make any difference because my God is real. My God's bigger than all this. You've got to understand that. You've got to believe it. And you've got to exercise it in your life that my God is bigger than this situation. When you do not live in faith, you, oh, hallelujah. Y'all pray for me. I'm, I'm, whew, I may have to sit down here a minute and just enjoy this Holy Spirit I'm feeling. The power that God wants to give to His people is simply a faith that He can do it all. The faith that He gave us, He said, I'd like for you to take that measure of faith and I'd like for you to exercise that faith and that confidence in me by looking at the battle and saying, this battle is big, but my God is bigger. This one is very big. Woo! Let me get on a ladder and look over this one because this one seems to be bigger than last week's battle. My Lord, let me go over to Stone Mountain and look out across Loganville because the problem I've got in the battle seems to be this big. It seems like there's no way out. But the higher you get in recognizing and seeing what the problem is and understanding that God is over these things, the greater a victory you're going to have, the more power you're going to have in your life of the victory of the Lord that will work on your behalf. Glory. 
I have looked at problems before and I said, there's no way God can handle this because I've got myself in a bad predicament. You say, God can usually handle these things, but I have placed, and Satan tells you, you have placed yourself now. Let's see God help you now. You have opened your mouth one time too many and now there ain't nobody going to be able to help you. And when we look at it that way, we begin to get in fear because the problem is big. Amen? It's big. That's why you got to be real. you got to be honest with yourself. When you sin, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned miserably. I am wrong and you're right. The problem is we want to be right and let God forgive us of our maybe misleading him a little bit. You see, Jesus, everything about Jesus was, was humiliation. Humility was all that Jesus was. He, he portrayed humility. When the money changers were in the temple and they were beginning to gamble and they were beginning to misuse the temple, the Bible says that Jesus came in and he was angry at those people. God's been angry. I'm glad God don't get mad. Hoo-hoo. There's a difference between being angry and playing out. I'm upset enough. To, I'm mad enough to do something. And we look at God and don't make God too mad. You ain't got no more control over that nothing in this world. People pray, oh God, take my love them because they're dying and I don't want to see them suffer. So you take them out and we'll get mad when God lets them suffer. We want God to hear our prayer. God didn't. You didn't give nobody life. God did. God can do anything he wants to do. But we get mad when God don't do it the way we want it done. Oh God, this ministry that I'm in, Lord, I want you to blossom it. And then we have to wait five years before we see a bloom. We say, God, where are you? It's... We think because we make it through a week, we praise the Lord, we need to see a big results. My Lord, go back to the Bible and take a look and see what these men of old did. Moses was a good man. Why did the Lord let him wander for 40 years? I was talking to somebody this week. Yeah, who it was. You may be sitting here and I done forgot it. But I said, praise the Lord, you've seen it now. What if the Lord let you wander 40 years before you see what you see? God, I would die. Yeah, you'd be half your age to be over with. You'd be ready to get on a wheelchair then if you saw it, if it took 40 years to find out that you was going in the wrong direction. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for people who charge the Word. Thank God for people who live empowered by the Holy Spirit because their life begins to magnify and edify God and people around them see God and they want to be close to that. Every spirit born searches its Creator. Every one of us have a spirit that God gave us. When He breathed into man... He breathed into man and made him a living soul. Praise God for that. Now we've always heard the reason, why is men and women not alike? Because God didn't create them from the dust. He created them from the rib. I don't think I'm going there today. I think I'm almost, I think I'm almost going to get back up here. I'm not sure if that was the Holy Spirit or me. So I think I'll leave that alone. Now, who is this that's lined up 
In battle, he says. I had Brother Pete one day to come stand on the pulpit, and we had a measurement here. Pete was way up here, and here's little David down here looking up at him. Nine feet. These walls are now ten feet tall. Well, they're ten feet tall, just about three or four inches up above this laying ceiling. I'd say nine foot's pretty close to the top of this. Would you say, Doug? Pretty close to that top of that window. Now, little David was a short guy. Come here, Sister Beth. <laughs> Big David. Big David, where'd your daddy at? He'd been a better example today. In their house, he says, where you at, Beth? Come here, Beth. Now, Beth, I want you to look up here. Come over here. Get back here, with Pastor. Now, look up top of that window. Now, what if your husband, and you was having to address him that tall, would that be intimidation to you? I think I'm asking the wrong person the question. But, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be just, wouldn't just, not at your house, wouldn't it be just a little bit intimidating, though, if it was a stranger, and you went to him, and you mad at him? you got to get sanctified. In your size, you know, you're a lot smaller than this person here is. But wouldn't it be just a little bit intimidating to some degree to look up at that, and say, listen, pal, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Wouldn't it sound a little ridiculous in the natural? Thank you, Beth. Thank you. I'm glad she's kin to us by marriage because she'd get me. We look at problems and we see how big that problem is. And God's already told David. Now, now David's brother got mad when he came over to Saul's army. He said, why are you not watching them few sheep? You know, the devil will tell you a lot of times when you go into that one person that's hurt and says, oh, you're always dealing with that one person. You ain't even interested in the rest of the church. You're interested in that one person. The devil ever told you stuff like, he has me. I'd spend time with one person trying to minister to them on a regular basis and knowing that they needed some one-on-one -on -one ministry and I might spend a lot of time with that person and somebody else in the church would get jealous. <laughs> Preaching killing about me. <laughs> He's over at that other sheep's house. His little pet. Won't spend no time with me. Well, I misread it. You do need a lot of time, but it's with God, not me. I'm trying to help the one that can't seem to walk. Not the one who's been walking and talking. <laughs> Get with me now. I'm getting a little bit personal here with the sheep hood. <laughs> and isn't that the way that the devil talks to you a lot of times? You're spending too much with God and you're not out here visiting. Don't God talk to you that way? You're spending too much time praying. I had an evangelist come here from Mississippi. He's came, he's gone, he won't return. Done a great revival to start with. Second revival, we come back. Judgment from one end to the other. And I said, I closed it the second night. I closed the revival. Those of you here remember, I closed it. He told a guy that wound up in prison. He said, one of your problems is you're praying too much. Son, I'm fixing to whoop your head. All I 
do is spend time telling people to stay on your face and lament before the Lord and you tell them they're praying too much. Now the guy wound up in prison and is out now. But I think added to the fall of him because somebody said that preached the power of God's word said to them without the wisdom, I think you pray too much. You know what the guy did? He went against the pastor and what the pastor was telling him to do and he went the way of this hotshot evangelist that people fell out under. I went to him about a month after this and I said, you're not praying like you did. What, what's going on? He said, oh, we was in revival. He said, I felt such a release. He said, the evangelist, I went to him for counsel. I said, number one, he's not a counselor. He's an evangelist. And said, he said, I was spending too much time in prayer and not doing the things of God. Well, he done gone, but I'm ready to go to Louisiana and find this character and give him the right hand fellowship. Because he took one of the sheep and says, you're praying too much, you're spending too much time there and you're not getting the work done for God. Oh my Lord, have mercy. Prayer is the key. If there's anything wrong with the Loganville Church of God, is it don't want to pray? Woo, a shout. Man, I love it. When we're going to shout over Revival night. Glory be to God. Woo, glory. Bam down the floor. Woo, I feel spiritual. Sister Maxie says, everybody be excited and I prepare. Mm, boy, I had that worked all week. <laughs> Friday night and I got to get, oh. Mm. It's the only time I get to do my shopping because tomorrow I sleep late. Saturday evening is family time and Sunday we got to go to church. And I just don't have the time to pray. And so there's one over here, or two, or three, over here praying, and Satan's saying, <laughs> look at you, you stupid idiot. Everybody else is doing fine, they ain't praying. What are you praying for? A little talk with Jesus makes everything all right. A little battle overcome is victory in the Lord. But if there's a big battle going on in you saying not to do for God, if you'll overcome that personal inward battle and get on your face and say, Devil, just because you told me I didn't need it, I'm going to give all that I have to God and there'll be a victory that comes in your life over that inward battle in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. You want to know why you fail? It's because you want to. Satan has convinced you to fall. I want our musicians to come back. Let's come to the piano and to the pedestal here and we're going to play. I want to tell you something, folks. What I got today was already here before I got here. God's already been dealing with you about this. God's already been telling you, so I ain't got to do anything except just share it with a little bit with you, not a lot. Because it's already here, and some of you are facing battles that you don't think are going to be able to overcome. Turn in Revelation chapter 21. Let me read some scriptures first. 
Lord Jesus. Now, I've got a lot more to preach on this right here, folks. I've got a lot more to preach on this that I will conclude tonight with. With the message this morning, God is wanting to deliver some people right now. He's wanting to set some people free right now. If you just get your mind ready and you get your heart ready that your God is going to deliver you and set you free from this, from this day and the problems in your life, if you'll let God do it, it will happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12. Pardon me, I think I said 21. Revelation chapter 12. It says, A great wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain. She was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them into the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child. The moment it was born, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God. Where she was might, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil. Or Satan. Who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon had saw, when he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who gave birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time, and out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and swept her away with torment. But the, help, but the earth helped the woman by, going its, by, by opening its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was raged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. And those who obey God's commandments and hold to his testimony.
to the testimony of Jesus. And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Let me tell you this today. That the dragon thinks that because you line up for battle, that you're defeated. He thinks that. Now here's why Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the dragon, this is why he thinks that. Because in the garden, in the beginning in the garden, he was able to use his number one characteristic, deception. He is a deceiver, the chief deceiver. And he knows that our flesh was deceived in the garden, and he knows we're still following the pattern, except it's worse. He knows that the flesh cries out for what it wants first, and so the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He knows that. He knows when you fall and fail because you tell him by your action and attitude. He keeps records. And he'll come back at you and he'll try to overthrow you like he did this woman. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to this. But the Lord fought her battle for her. Opened up the earth and the water was pulled therein. Satan had no power. What seemed to be impossible that day where the water could not be swallowed up, God opened up the earth and it swallowed it up. Why? To save her. God has no respect of person today. He loves us all the same. But you must want God yourself. Nobody can give God to you. Nobody. You're saved just because you want to be saved and washed in the blood of Jesus for yourself. Not because somebody's praying for you. Not because somebody desires that for you, but because you want to be saved. If you're battle today, if you've lined up for battle, remember what the scripture said. That after he could not devour this woman, and after he could not defeat this woman because the hand of God was protecting him, he went after the family. Oh, Let me tell you something. When you make a stand, you better stand firm because he says, if I can get you personally, I'll get you through your family. And you and I both know today that our family means more to us than any living creature or any living thing or any world of possession on this earth. They mean more to us. We'll stand and fight for them. The devil knows it. And if we don't let God do the fighting for our family, we'll fight the fight and we'll call Satan to be able to defy our family. That's why you must live by faith. That's why you must kick your face before the Lord. That's why you have to keep your knees before God. And when your family's in trouble and when your family begins to have those burdens and it seems like the dragon has been turned loose on them and the devil said, because you stood up and battle because you faced me in battle because you did that I want you to know I might not defeat you in this purpose but I'm going to your family and he tries to create fear in your life that he's going to attack your family when you should let God have a bigger battle and say God there's more than me involved I'm going to let God have that battle and quit judging your family and quit letting the family be defeated through your fear You want God to fight your battle for you? You need to stand up to the battle line. If you feel defeated already, if you 
are going to live in defeat already, God can't do anything for you. And God is not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. It's your responsibility to stand up today. Do you want to face the enemy? Are you living in such fear that you don't want to let God or trust God in your battles? You think you'll handle it yourself? Well, no matter. If you right now today say, I am going to stand up, I'm going to face the battle. When I look that nine-foot enemy in the eye, I will say, now I have seen you. I have seen the problem. And now I'm not looking back at you because I have come to defeat you in the name of my God. And that's what David did. David said, you come to me with sword and shield. But I come to you in spirit and word. And I come to you in the name of the Lord. And by the flesh, I know I'm no match for this giant. But you come against my God. My God battles. And he will fight that battle through me. Because it'll be in him that Satan's defeated. So greater is the Lord who is in me dragon, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Satan is in this world. I am more than a conqueror through the blood of Jesus. And today you are a conqueror through the Lord God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ who has come to bear the cross for all of man's sins. But you've got to want it. You will not get God working in your life by you playing with him. You've got to walk up. You've got to stand up in battle by saying, count me. I'm going to trust God. Be standing for you. I'm going to preach more of this tonight. You know the story well. When David defeated the giant, The God of battles says, don't knock him down, run over him. We come up when we face the enemy in a battle. We step up into the battlefield. And we say to the enemy, I'm going to defeat you through Jesus Christ. And then we take our stone and we put it in the sling and we slay the giant. But David went on a little bit further than just slaying the giant. The battle was only stunned. The battle was only stunned. Temporarily put out of commission. David knew that if this giant got back up, he's going to put the shield back down. You see, the devil always make a mistake when you stand up for what's right. He will say, I am bigger than God and I will defy you covered from head to toe with shield. The one mistake he made is when he raised his shield of his face back to let them see he was not afraid. And David said, I just need one shot at the vital. But David knew that he was only stunned. And the Bible says he ran over and jumped up on the chest of that nine-foot giant and took his own 
sheath. Pull the strap from pull the sword from it and cut off the devil's head with his own sword. Now he ain't got to worry about that giant no more, does he? <laughs> I mean, if he'd have stunned him now, if he'd have just knocked him down and said, Whoa, look, it's me, praise God. God worked through me. I put a nothing down. You better watch out. And God said, Hey, let's get rid of this one for good first. Well, we all know that when your head cut, falls off unless God heals it, you did. When you slay the giant today, when you slay that giant that you're in battle against, and you say, I'm going to defeat it through the blood of Jesus today, then you need to let the word, the word, the sword, the word, cut it today and say, I'm going to live according to the word now, not according to how it attacks me. You're going to be more than a conqueror today. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask this simple because I'm led of the Holy Spirit. Are you here today and you say, Pastor, I've never stepped up to the battle line. I've never really given my heart to Jesus Christ, but I want to today. I'm charged in my spirit. And I want God to save me. And I'm going to step up to battle today and let the Lord have my sin. Let Him have my problems. And I'm going to commit myself to follow Jesus. I feel His love. I feel His compassion. And I come to Jesus right now. If you're here right now and you feel the Holy Spirit pulling your heart that way, would you just, in the name of Jesus, know the anointed Spirit is pulling you. Would you step out right now? Come and let us pray with you. Feel such a pull of the Holy Spirit. Love that is reaching out to you, saying, come to me and let me love you. Let the fears go. Whatever Satan's telling you that you can't live it, yes, you can. You can do all things for the Lord to give you strength to do it. When you come to Jesus, saints, would you pray? Would you do it right now in Jesus' name because God is calling you? And oh, I feel the presence of the Lord and His love pulling on your heart. Would you come to Jesus right now? Just step out. Step out right now. Step out right now in Jesus' name and come to the Lord. Let peace fill your life. Let peace fill your life today. Let the Holy Spirit give you the peace you need. In Jesus' name. You feel led in the Spirit. Now listen to me close. No one leaving, no one moving around, please. But if you feel led of the Lord to step out and come and stand in right now for somebody, you may not know who it is, but you want to pray for them right now. You may not know who it is, but the Holy Spirit's leading you. Come quickly right now. Feel led of the Lord to take you. Please keep your mind on God. Keep your mind on the Lord. If you feel led of the Spirit to do that, to pray for somebody, come right now because God will hear you and see you as you made a commitment to God. Well, I feel the presence of God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my life, why don't you just come with them right now? Why don't you just step out and come with everybody right now? If there's anyone that says, I need Jesus, I want to come to the Lord right now. I'm coming to Jesus.
Lord told me as plain as day that if you would listen to the message today and accept it, what he had to say, he'd deliver you. You've stepped up to the plate. You've stepped up into the battlefield. But the battle's not yours, folks. Brother and sister, it's not yours. It's the Lord's. And God is the deliverer. And he will swallow up the enemy into the earth if need be to protect you, to give you the peace you need. God is calling you right now. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I'd like everybody in the church who wants to pray. If you'll come, let's gather around. All these are here. Let's gather as a family of God and let's pray. I want you to begin to pray right now because the Lord is right now taking your battle. Come on. I can't take it. I can't have that power. But God is taking your battle with you right now. Let him have it. So here it is, God. I give you my battle. My battle's big, Pastor. Let the victory of the Lord come through in a great way then. Trust the Lord right now that the victory of the Lord is already in this place. That the victory of God is already in your life if you let God have this battle. Let him have it right now in Jesus' name. Release it in the name of the Lord right now. Come on, folks. Release it right now. Begin to praise him that he is taking your battle right now, placing it under submission right now. God is taking that battle away from you right now. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to praise him. Can't nobody have it unless you let him have it. God can't take it unless you let him have that battle right now. Whatever you've been battling in your mind, it may have been in your spirit, but it's been working through your mind. The devil's been telling you things that are evil. He's been telling you things of defeat. He's been getting you to be dismayed, worrying about what might happen. I'm here to tell you something. You don't have to be afraid because God's with you. Right now, the Holy Spirit is, is taking your problems if you let him. Right now, come on, release them to the Lord. Begin to slip that other hand up and begin to praise and glorify God that your burdens, that your burdens are beginning, beginning to be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, saints. Lift up your hands all over this place, all over this building. Lift up your hands and begin to praise and glorify God and magnify Him. For it is the Lord that's doing this good work in me. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus.
here to tell you that my God is real. You know that in the battles that you seem to be fighting, God's going to take care of those battles for you if you let him. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. The bigger they are, the greater the victory and the greater your faith will be. So don't say, God, take the burden away. Say, help me to learn to lay it to your feet, God. Lay those burdens at the feet of the Lord and you're going to have victory in your life. Amen? Don't you feel God's presence and his love? Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. Shake hands one with another, and we'll see you in this evening's service at 6.30. Have a good time in the Lord today. Have